0: CHAPTER 39 OF Gunside PASS, HOW OIL CAME TO THE CATTLE COUNTRY AND BROUGHT A NEW WEST by William McLeod Rain. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. THE TUNNEL Dave knew no rest that night. He patrolled his line from San Jacinto to cattle and back again, stopping always to lend a hand where the attack was most furious. The men of the crew were weary to exhaustion, but the pressure of the fire was so great that they dared not leave the front. As soon as one blaze was beaten out, another started. A shower of sparks close to Cattle Canyon swept over the ridge and set the thick grass afire. This was smothered with saddle blankets and with sand and dirt thrown from shovels. Near to San Jacinto Canyon, the danger was more acute. Dave did not dare backfire on account of the wind. He dynamited the timber to make a trail break against the howling, roaring wall of fire plunging forward. As soon as the flames seized the timber, the heat grew more intense. The sound of fallen trees as they crashed down marked the progress of the fire. The men retreated, staggering with exhaustion, hands and faces flayed, eyes inflamed and blinded by the black smoke that rolled over them. A stiff wind was blowing, but it was no longer a steady one. Sometimes it bore from the northeast again in a cross-current almost directly from the east. The smoke poured in, swirling around them till they scarce knew one direction from another. The dense cloud lifted for a moment, swept away by an air-current. To the firefighters, that glimpse of the landscape told an appalling fact. The demon had escaped below from San Jacinto Canyon and been swept westward by a slant of wind with the speed of an express train. They were trapped by the backfire in a labyrinth, from which there appeared no escape. Every path of exit was blocked. The flames had leaped from hilltop to hilltop. The men gathered together to consult. Many of them were on the verge of panic. Dave spoke quietly. "'We've got a chance if we keep our heads. There's an old mining tunnel hereabouts. Follow me and stay together.' He plunged into the heavy smoke that had fallen about them again, working his way by instinct rather than by sight. Twice he stopped to make sure that his men were all at heel. Several times he left them, diving into the smoke to determine which way they must go. The dry salt crackle of a dead pine close at hand would have told him, even if the oppressive heat had not, that the fire would presently sweep over the ground where they stood he drew the men steadily toward cattle canyon in that furious murk filled world he could not be sure he was moving in the right direction though the slope of the ground led him to think so fallen trees crashed about them the men staggered on in the uncanny light which tinged even the smoke dave stopped and gave sharp crisp orders his voice was even and steady must be close to it now lie back of these down trees with your faces close to the ground i'll be back in a minute shorty you're boss of the crew while i'm away you're gonna leave us to roast a man accused in a voice that was half a scream sanders did not stop to answer him but shorty took the hysterical man in hand get down by that log pronto or i'll bore a hole in you ain't you got sense enough to see he'll save us if there's a chance the man fell trembling to the ground two men behind each log ordered shorty if your clothes get a fire help each other put it out. They lay down and waited while the fire swept above and around them. Fortunately, the woods here were not dense. Men prayed or cursed or wept according to their natures. The logs in front of some of them caught fire and spread to their clothing. Shorty's voice encouraged them. Stick it out, boys. He'll be back if he's alive. It could have been only minutes, but it seemed hours before the voice of Sanders rang out above the fury of the blast. "'All up! i found the tunnel! Step lively now!' They staggered after their leader, Shorty bringing up the rear to see that none collapsed. by the way. The line moved drunkenly forward. Now and again a man went down, overcome by the smoke and heat. With brutal kicks Shorty drove him to his feet again. The tunnel was a shallow one in a hillside, Dave stood aside and counted the men as they passed in. Two were missing. He ran along the back trail, dense with smoke from the approaching flames, and stumbled into a man. It was Shorty. He was dragging with him the body of a man who had fainted. Sanders seized an arm, and together they managed to get the unconscious victim to the tunnel. Dave was the last man in. He learned from the men in the rear that the tunnel had no drift. The floor was moist, and there was a small seepage spring in it near the entrance. Some of the men protested at staying. "'The fire'll lick in and burn us out like rats,' one man urged. "'This ain't no protection. We just walked into a trap. I'll take my chance outside.' Dave reached forward and lifted one of Shorty's guns from its holster. "'You'll stay right here, Dylan. We didn't make it one minute too soon. The whole hill out there is roaring.' I'll take my chance out there. That's my lookout, said the man, moving toward the entrance. No, you'll stay here. Dave's hard, chill gaze swept over his crew. Several of them were backing Dylan, and others were wavering. It's your only chance, and I'm here to see you take it. Don't take another step. Dylan took one, and went crumpling to the granite floor before Dave could move. Shorty had knocked him down with the butt of his nine-inch barrel revolver. Already smoke was filling the cave. The fire had raced to its mouth and was licking in with long, red, hungry tongues. The tunnel timbers were smoldering. Lie down and breathe the air close to the ground, ordered Dave, just as though a mutiny had not been quelled a moment before. Stay down there. Don't get up. He found an old tomato can and used it to throw water from the seep spring upon the burning wood. Shorty and one or two of the other men helped him. The heat near the mouth was so intense they could not stand it. All but sanders collapsed and staggered back to sink down to the fresher air below. Their place of refuge packed with smoke. A tree crashed down at the mouth and presently a second one. These blazings sent more heat in to cook the tortured men inside. In that bakehouse of hell, men showed again their nature, cursing, praying, storming, or weeping as they lay. The prospect hole became a madhouse. A big Hungarian, crazed by the torment he was enduring, leaped to his feet and made for the blazing hill outside. "'Back there!' Dave shouted hoarsely. The big fellow rushed him. His leader flung him back against the rock wall. He rushed again, screaming in crazed anger. Sanders struck him down with the long barrel of the forty-five. The Hungarian lay where he fell for a few minutes, then crawled back from the mouth of the pit at intervals others tried to break out and were driven back dave's eyebrows crisped away he could scarcely draw a breath through his inflamed throat his eyes were swollen and almost blinded with smoke his lungs ached whenever he took a step he staggered but he stuck to his job hardly the tomato can moved more jerkily it carried less water but it still continued to drench the blazing timbers at the mouth of the tunnel so dave held the tunnel entrance against the fire and against his own racked and tortured men occasionally he lay down to breathe the air close to the floor there was no circulation for the tunnel ended in a wall face but the smoke was not so heavy close to the ground man after man succumbed to the stupor of unconsciousness men choked strangled and even died while their leader, his hair burnt and his eyes almost sightless, face and body raw with agonizing wounds, crept feebly about his business of saving their lives. Fire crisped and exhausted, he dropped down at last into forgetfulness of pain, and the flames, which had fought with such savage fury to blot out the little group of men, fell back sullenly in defeat. They had spent themselves and could do no more. The line of fire had passed over them. It left charred trees still burning, a hillside black and smoking, desolation and ruin in its path. Out of the prospect hole a man crawled over Dave's prostrate body. He drew a breath of sweet, delicious air. A cool wind lifted the hair from his forehead. He tried to give a cowpuncher's yell of joy. From out of his throat came only a cracked and raucous rumble. The man was shorty. He crept back into the tunnel and whispered hoarsely the good news. Men came out on all fours over the bodies of those who could not move. Shorty dragged Dave into the open. He was a sorry sight. The shirt had been almost literally burned from his body. In the fresh air the men revived quickly. They went back into the cavern and dragged out those of their companions not yet able to help themselves. Three out of every twenty-nine would never help themselves again. They had perished in the tunnel. End of chapter 39